This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide story that affects you. I'm Shayna Roth. And I'm Jake Neer. And in case you didn't know, it's an election year, and it's a critical one. 2022 will bring us the biggest election since the 2020 election, which actual real-life experts agree was likely the most efficient, secure, and well-run election in the nation's history. I mean, anyone worth their salt will tell you that what elections workers and officials were able to pull off in 2020 was nothing short of a miracle under the circumstances that they faced. Jake, sometimes I accuse you of hyperbole, but you are actually (laughs) very spot on on this one. But that, of course, didn't stop the so-called big lie conspiracies from taking hold among former President Trump's followers. Although the mistrust and anger toward election workers is manufactured, it still exists, and it's making it increasingly difficult to do the job of running elections. So the leaders of the Michigan Association of Municipal Clerks and the Michigan Association of County Clerks recently wrote an open letter to state leaders laying out all these concerns and their needs heading into this election cycle. They say that in 2020, quote, an already overextended and underfunded system was put to the test and strained to the measure of its capacity. Nearly everyone can agree that changes are necessary. Some of the needed changes are a result of the world we live in post-2020 and other changes have been neglected for far too long. And that's one of the reasons local election officials here in Michigan are yelling from the rooftops, we need help. And that's a direct quote from Ottawa County Clerk Justin Roebuck, who happens to be a Republican, although this call is coming from clerks of all parties and affiliations. Roebuck was recently on WDET's Detroit Today and told host Stephen Henderson that they're asking for more resources and changes to laws that they believe will help build trust. It's very important that we maintain a high level of integrity in our elections and the security, but we need resources to do that. And we need an infrastructure to respond to those changes that our voters made that make it more convenient for voters. We also need the laws in place and the infrastructure in place to allow us to efficiently serve our voters. Time is running out. Time is running out, he says. And in that clip, you also heard Roebuck talk about these changes that voters made to voting laws in Michigan. He's referring to Proposal 3 of 2018, which allowed same-day registration for voters, allowed people to vote absentee for any reason, and required election audits and more. While Roebuck says those changes were good for voters, clerks still need help to make sure that they can handle the additional demands that these changes placed on their offices. So what specifically, other than more resources, are clerks asking for? Well, A lot of it is more. They say they want more time to pre-process absentee ballots, more options for early voting, more transparency for existing election audits, and more training for election challengers. They also want to allow clerks to better clean Michigan's voter rolls by removing people who have died or moved out of state or been flagged for violating voting laws. So now the question is, will lawmakers in Lansing take action based on what this bipartisan group of clerks is almost literally begging them for? Or will the conversation at the state capitol continue to be dominated by conspiracy theories and ways to score political points instead?
Jake, we were just talking about all of the concerns that we have been hearing from local elections officials. And you and the other fabulous people at Detroit Today have actually been talking to those uh, elections folks for a little bit now. That's right. So recently on Detroit Today with Stephen Henderson on WDT, we spoke with Justin Roebuck of Ottawa County, who you heard earlier, and also Barb Byram of Ingham County, the Ingham County clerk, about what they are seeing, the challenges they're facing, what they need from state leaders. A really great group uh, to have on the show because Barb Byram is a Democrat, Justin Roebuck is a Republican, but they really see eye to eye on so many of these issues and and really want to get past all this partisanship surrounding election laws and uh, and the whole conversation around it. So we thought we'd bring you that conversation on Detroit Today. So here it is, Stephen Henderson speaking with Ingham County Clerk Barb Byram and Ottawa County Clerk Justin Roebuck. So Justin, that line, we need help, was something you wrote on Twitter recently. I'm not sure that most people who are planning to vote even this year in 2022 know about the challenges that local clerks are facing this year. So tell us, tell us what, uh, what concerns you and what you need help with. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a very good point. I think a couple of the critical things that we really need help with are a result of the past couple of election cycles, right? Where in 2018, we had a um, sweeping change in our election law um, that was initiated by our voters and passed overwhelmingly by Michigan voters, basically expanding the ability that folks have to vote uh, by mail um, and also offered um, same-day registration for Michigan voters, which is a great convenience for our voters, both of those things. Um, but they also put different strains on our election officials, particularly at the local clerk level, at the city and township level, um, but at the county level as well. And then obviously we had the 2020 cycle, which, um, you know, in addition to um, pretty new changes from 2018, from Proposal 3 of 2018, we had a global pandemic. And then we also had you know, an unprecedented level of, um, you know, misinformation and scrutiny uh, following the 2020 cycle and kind of through the 2020 election cycle, um, which is just, it's very important that we maintain a high level of integrity in our elections and the security, but we need resources to do that. And we need an infrastructure to um, respond to those changes that our voters made that make it more convenient for voters. We also need that um, you know, the, the laws in place and the infrastructure in place to allow us to efficiently serve our voters. Uh, and time is time is running out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say we're, we're coming up pretty quickly on uh, some of the deadlines uh, for that. Uh, Barb Byram, what, what are you asking state leaders to give to local clerks? Well, I think it's important to note that election administrators Um, There are over 1,500 of us, city, township, and county clerks. We are Republicans, we are Democrats, and some are nonpartisan. And together, we have asked for more time to allow for pre-processing of absentee ballots. We have asked for more options for early voting for our voters. We've asked to... um, allow for full transparency of the audits that are done on our elections. You know, uh, 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 our elections are audited and many people don't know that. 
um, but they are audited. And we are asking that those be public meetings um, to allow for more transparency in that regard. And then as county clerks, we are asking for the opportunity to mark deceased voters as deceased a little bit earlier um, because right now it's a local clerk function. And personally, Stephen, I'm asking all elected officials to stand up and tell their, their followers, their grassroots supporters, that our elections are safe, secure, and accurate. Hmm. And I really need... Um, those those elected officials to stand up and tell their followers that the elections are safe, secure, and the results are accurate, rather than feed into the election conspiracies and the big lie. Yeah. So uh, the the thing I want to kind of pause here to point out is that Barb, you're a Democrat, and Justin, you're a Republican. Barb, you were just talking about. The fact that this is uh, not a partisan issue and it shouldn't be a partisan issue. And you've got clerks on both sides saying, hey, we need a lot of help. So one of the questions, I think, is why haven't lawmakers acted? What's what's holding this up if it's not partisan politics? Well, election administrators have been... Uh, the frontline defenders of democracy for over 200 years. And as election administrators, regardless of if we are are partisanly elected or not, we know what changes need to be done with election administration to increase our security and to make sure that our elections are even more secure. It is unfortunate that partisan politics has played in. I I certainly blame the former president um, for that. Uh, But election officials, regardless if we are Democrats or Republicans, we agree that uh, election administration is not a partisan issue. We have a job to do and we have integrity and we work hard to make sure our elections remain safe and secure. Um, So it's not a partisan issue. It becomes partisan when the legislature gets involved and fails to support the professional election administrators, but rather uh, uh, concedes to the whim and to the conspiracy beliefs of their grassroots supporters. Mm. Uh, Justin, I, I want to have you address this as well and and not to, to, to put you on the spot here. But a lot of the attacks on the integrity of our elections, a lot of the doubt being cast on uh, the security of our elections is coming from your side of, of the aisle. Um, I wonder what you make of the bipartisan effort here to try to get some of these things passed, but then the resistance, I guess, in Lansing and where it comes from. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I don't think it's any any doubt, as you said. You know, we our our my political party, the Republican Party, um, has seen you know a resurgence of um, you know concern over uh, election security and the integrity of the election process. And there's a, a very much a uh, you know I think a challenge right now within the Republican Party. Um, uh, between two factions, one that believes that the election was actually um, uh, held fairly and the results are accurate, and, and the, another faction that actually does not believe that. Um, this is not a new phenomenon, and it's not just uh, 
uh, a subject of the Republican Party. I mean, we obviously had a, a recount statewide in the 2016 election um, because, you know, the certain groups and parties uh, and many, many on the other side of the aisle from me happened to not believe the accuracy of Donald Trump winning the 2016 election. And so I think this goes back and forth and it goes to show that, you know, election reform and election change is unfortunately sometimes a political football, particularly in major election years. And I think we have to get beyond that because there are some real challenges that need um, to be addressed. And, you know, quite frankly, we had a number of very uh, I, what I would call low-hanging fruit, common sense type of, of things that were passed by the legislature that the governor vetoed. Um, you know, training for election challengers, a requirement for the, the training. And one, one thing that Clerk Byram had mentioned, the ability for um, uh, county clerks to remove deceased voters from the voter file and essentially, um, you know, get a head start on that process to uh, ensure accuracy in our voter rolls. That was vetoed by the governor. And, you know, so both sides play a role in the culpability here. And I think what we're asking for is just leadership and the ability to work together across some very common sense reforms. We're not asking for, uh, you know, fundamental changes that will, you know, sway the, the vote from one party to another. We're asking for things that will give us resources and allow our voters um, the ability to trust the process more. And I think that's really critical as well as we move into this big year, another election year on the, on the horizon, we need to be able to do the things that will um, engender trust um, from, our, from our voters. I want to talk just a little about your staffs, Justin and, and Barb. You, we've seen local clerks and other election workers leave their jobs in the last couple of years because of harassment and and threats. I wonder if you're still seeing that kind of behavior and what impact that has on our ability to run elections here um, here in Michigan. Uh, Justin, I'll start with you this time. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's been a, a very challenging process for a lot of us on this level of election administration. And certainly a lot of my local clerks at the city and township level, you know, have taken this opportunity to, you know, either retire or move on to different opportunities. And we're seeing that across the state. Um, I would say that probably a good 25% of um, my staff's time on the election side of our office is still occupied um, on a daily basis, on a weekly basis mm -hmm. with addressing concerns of 2020. Um, and it's kind of remarkable because we're, you know, we're obviously, um, you know, a year and a half past that point where we are clearly, I mean, we've, we've not only held other elections, small local elections, right, special elections, but we're moving into a period where we are well underway for planning for the 2022 cycle. Um, and yet there is still a, a good percentage of our time is is dealing with um, you know, some very legitimate concerns from people who are just genuinely trying to understand the mm -hmm. process. Um, and then another faction of folks who I think it's a little bit more of a, I don't want to say malicious, but maybe malicious intent, right, to uh, request all sorts of documents under the Freedom of Information Act, which is certainly available to everyone in the public, and we want that to be transparent, but it also takes time and it takes resources. So, I think we are seeing a strain 
you know, an election administration that we have not seen in a very long time, particularly, you know, over my career, I've never seen um, anything quite like this. Um, but, you know, funding hasn't increased right. from most local entities and certainly from the state. Uh, in terms of resources, staff and administrative resources, that has not increased for us. So, um, again, we need help. Yeah, yeah. Um, Barb, uh, I wonder what this looks like uh, in your office there in Lansing. Of course, we've seen some other things take place in Lansing at the Capitol uh, with regard to people angry about the process, feeling like they don't have enough of a voice. I wonder if, if the clerk's office there is experiencing some of the same things. You know, we are. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that the, the number of Michigan election officials who received vile voicemail messages, threats, um, that's you know, threats to their family, threats to their 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 pets um, and, and downright bullying as a result of the misinformation that has been believed. And as a result, people are. Uh, are are just threatening election administration administrators in Michigan. This, I mean, this is certainly happening um, around the United States, but it is happening in Michigan. Criminal charges have been filed against some of these individuals, and this does not help the profession, and it certainly does not help make our elections any more safe or secure. Because what is happening is now election administrators are deciding that they're ready for a career change or an early retirement hmm. as a result of this harassment and these threats. And, and, and these individual uh, positions are often being replaced by the same individuals who believe in the conspiracies. And now we're seeing uh, in now we're seeing the secretary of state having to come in and say, no, as an election administrator, you must do a public accuracy testing. You, you, you must do that. This, this is election administration 101. And it is eroding the trust in our election process, but certainly uh, it's eroding our democracy. Also talk about fraud and how rare it is. I think that's an important point in in this conversation is that it it is not something that's happening uh, to the extent that we are hearing from some people about it. Yeah, I mean I think it's very important to note that actual election fraud which is, you know, trying to <clears throat> change an outcome of an election um, by virtue of, of doing various illegal things, right? Mm -hmm. Whether that's trying to impersonate a voter walking into a precinct and vote for someone else whether that's filling out someone's absentee ballot and trying to, you know, cast a ballot uh, through the mail for someone else, or whether that's one of the more, you know, um, grander schemes that have been alleged um, in some of these theories of where, you know, foreign nations are manipulating uh, vote totals or, um, you know, changing uh, algorithms on election devices, which is just simply not accurate and not true. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I, I think it's important to point out election fraud exists, and I am not here saying we have a perfect system. In fact, we don't. One of the, one of the reasons why it's important for us to have some of this legislation passed is because we recognize the fact that we're not perfect as election administrators. This is a human process. Some of the things that we need to reform and change will contribute to a better and more secure process. But I think as you pointed out, 
election fraud is extremely rare. It is frankly a, a risk that is not worth the reward. Mm. You know, when you think about committing a felony to impersonate another voter and potentially change one vote in a process, every vote matters, definitely. That's why it's a felony to do something like that. But voter fraud has been proven time and time and time again to be very, very rare. And we investigate every instance of voter fraud that is brought to our attention. Um, you know, I am in the process right now in my county of, you know, working with law enforcement to pursue two instances. Um, and, and, you know, and the reality is, you know, in, in the 2020 cycle, we had in, in my county, 170,000, almost 170,000 people cast a ballot. Mm -hmm. um, but we take those two instances seriously. So I think it's very important to note that we're not perfect. That is why some of these requested items, you know, are in front of the legislature and the governor, and we need the support of all of our statewide leaders to uh, improve our process. Justin Roebuck is the Ottawa County clerk. He's a Republican. Barb Byram is a Democrat, the clerk for Ingham County. They spoke with WDET Stephen Henderson on Detroit Today recently. Uh, it was a really fantastic conversation. You can hear many more like that on the Detroit Today podcast, wherever podcasts are available. And that's all for Mishmash. I'm Shana Roth. And I'm Jake Neer. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.